Hi, welcome to episode 631 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and this is the 7th Anniversary Special. Okay, it's not so special, but it is the 7th Anniversary of this podcast. So, here's to 7 more great years of not doing this podcast. In every episode of this Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four, Volume 5, Number 14, released on December 17th, 2014. Back in Blue by James Robinson and Leonard Kirk, with flashback art by Mark Lamming. And so we start with the flashback. Some guy whose face is all blurred out is yelling out, I love Sue Storm! And on the page, he's surrounded by pictures of Sue, looks like a college-age Sue, in all these little heart-shaped panels. It's pretty obvious this guy is obsessed with Sue Storm. And we learn he was at college with Reed Richards, and he says, At Columbia! Which... As far as I know, this is the first mention of Reed ever going to Columbia. They always said that Reed went to State University. I guess he got his master's or PhD at Columbia. But this guy, with the blurred out face, who's in love with Sue, says his path never crossed with Reed, even though they were at the same school. And yes, I think we can tell where this is going. He was lonely. He felt isolated. He tried to rent the room at the Storm House, but Reed beat him to it. And then Reed started dating Sue. And this guy got jealous. And we see Reed giving Sue a flying car as a gift. What? When Reed was dating Sue, he gave her a flying car. Ugh, I don't think so. Reed even looks younger here, by the way. I think it's finally happened. They finally retroactively made Sue and Reed the same age. Maybe when they come back for Volume 4, Sue will be older. And then we see that John Eden is telling this story to Reed, who is still locked up in this contraption that is stretching his arms and legs all over the room. Reed is like, what the hell? John did all this. He framed Ben. He staged the invasion. Johnny lost his powers. The kids were taken away. All because this guy was jealous. So John Eden says he became a businessman. He created a bunch of shell companies. He hired actors to play him publicly. He even created a nanite-derived facial reconstruction device to enable him to change his face and morph his appearance. Reed wants to know his real name, but John Eden ain't gonna tell him that. He wants to be known simply as the quiet man. He changes his face and he becomes Tolliver, the lawyer, the one who was working against Reed in that trial earlier in the run. He says he's been working behind the scenes for years, pitting villains against the Fantastic Four. And in the background, we see clip art from previous issues, insinuating that he was behind the Mole Man's invasion of New York. I don't think so. He was behind Annihilus' attack from the Negative Zone? Uh, once again, not very likely. Miracle Man? Okay, I can buy that. Salem 7? 
you know, there's a couple of panels of Doctor Doom here. Don't tell me he's like Doctor Doom's master, because we already did that shitty story. Reed is kind of quiet. He says it's a lot to take in. He asked the quiet man, who's doing a lot of talking for a guy who wants to be called the quiet man, why he's finally revealing himself now. He also asked about the quiet man's new friends, the Heroes Reborn Avengers. Quiet Man says they came from a dimension created by Franklin Richards. And, by the way, I thought the Avengers and the FF were stuck in that dimension. So that the real FF and the real Avengers of the normal Marvel Universe were just kind of reliving some of their past adventures told with prettier artwork, in the case of Jim Lee, or uglier artwork, in the case of Rob Liefeld. But maybe I was wrong about that. Ugh, the Heroes Reborn thing was confusing as hell. He goes on to say that his plans involve him coming out of the shadows, the FF's fall from grace, and then mostly it involves, before I turn the page, let me guess, it involves him winning the hand of Sue Richards. Turn the page, and he says it involves the unwilling participation of Franklin Richards. Well, that was a cryptic thing for him to say. Next, we see the kids again, and they are torturing Franklin to get some information out of his brain. Doesn't Franklin have the powers to stop this? At this point, Robinson really needs to decide what Franklin's powers are at this point. Bentley is in there with a the wizard. Is this the Heroes Reborn wizard? I'm not sure. They don't say. Bentley is starting to seem concerned for his friend. You know, hopefully by the end of Volume 4 they wrap up the Bentley storyline because I get the feeling we may never we may never see him again after this. He has been the most interesting of the Future Foundation kids, which is a low bar indeed, but he is. The other kids um, are locked up in a glass cage. They're beseeching Bentley to do something to help. Heroes are born Hellcat, who looks nothing like Hellcat, tells the kids to shut up. Bentley comes over and he tells the kids that as a supervillain, he must be resolute. Back in Manhattan, we see the Heroes Reborn Captain America helping the Heroes Reborn Hawkeye escape from the police station, which involves beating up a lot of police and shooting them with arrows. The whole process takes 1 minute and 48 seconds, or so the cop tells Spider-Man and Johnny Storm later when they come by to check out things. Johnny calls up Sue to give her the bad news, and we see that she and Ben are back at the Baxter building, and the top few floors have been blown off for like, what, the 87th time? And the last time in the history of this book? The FF must hold the record for the most times their headquarters has been destroyed and blown up. And it's not even close. Get a secret headquarters next time, you idiots. I mean, they're so dumb. I think maybe X-Mansion might be a close second. Avengers Mansion, number three. I think the DC heroes do a better job of keeping their headquarters from being blown up. Sue's starting to realize that when those bug creatures escaped from Franklin's universe, early in Volume 5, that the psycho versions of the Avengers must have escaped as well. Suddenly there's a bright light, and Sue says it to somebody off-panel, You! What are you doing here? And you too! This is nuts! Ben adds. Johnny's listening in, confused, so he and Spider-Man rush off to see what's going on. When they get there, they find them fighting the Hulk, some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, the Submariner, and the Falcon, 
in his ridiculous Captain America outfit. By the way, how demeaning for the Falcon to be forced into wearing some white dude superhero identity. What's wrong with comic book readers who will only buy a comic book featuring a black character or a woman if they're wearing the name and costume of a white male character? Well anyway, I think the Falcon is cool as he is. Cap Falcon is silly. And in the next issue of the Fantastic Four, will we find out why Namer is fighting against Sue Richards and the rest of the Fantastic Four? Will we find out if Bentley chooses between good and evil? And also, a very C-list superhero character who once had his own book, one with a knight theme, makes a surprise first appearance here in the pages of the Fantastic Four. Find out who it is next time. And with that, I've got four more issues to go. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Oh!